Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Cynical Democrat politicians who failed at every level to prevent the high school shooting in Parkland, Florida, are now excusing everybody who had anything to do with preventing the shooting and placing all of the blame on the NRA, which is a civil rights organization that had absolutely nothing to do with the shooting. This is par for the course for Democrats who have long pushed gun control to oppress black people and other minorities and really just all the rest of us. We will analyze the racist history of gun control and the real purpose of the second amendment. I'm Michael Knowles and this is the Michael Knowles show. This show might as well just be retitled The NRA is Great and a Wonderful, Beautiful Thing, a a 40-minute defense of the NRA. (laughs) But before we get to that, before we get to that, and this is one of my favorite topics, I have been glued to Twitter all weekend because I've just been defending the NRA and the right to keep and bear arms because, as Ronald Reagan pointed out, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just they know so many things that aren't so. They have this issue completely backwards, exactly upside down, as as they frequently do. Before we get to that, let me talk about an, another wonderful thing, uh, which would be Upside.com. So I am, I travel a fair bit. I'm going to New York to give a, at least one speech in the near future. More information on that later. But look, when you travel for business, business travel can be very, very frustrating. So uh, how great would it be to have the kind of support that astronauts get when they take a business trip? That would be uh, very good. Uh, for me, when I travel, and when, even when I travel for business, my mission control in the past had always been calling up sweet little Lisa and saying, sweet little Lisa, I can't make this flight or this is late or this. And she's, Mike, I don't know what to do. I can't talk to them. And they got to call the airlines and then they got to call, maybe get another hotel room and then this and that and this and that. Have a mission control. This is 2018. Treat yourself. This is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, Upside.com has a whole team of people, a mission control to make sure your business trip goes smoothly. And you will have that level of support when you book your next business trip at Upside.com. They will look out for you every step of the way. They will handle any problem that might pop up. There's a team of specialists working 24-7 to make sure your flight, your hotel, your car rental all go off without a hitch. I don't know. Previously, you know, when I would travel, I, th- I think not a single part of that would go the right way. <laughs> One time I was caught in the UK. I was, I was visiting the UK. I had to fly back to Los Angeles, direct flight to come do the show. And 15 hours before my flight, I found out my ticket wasn't valid for some ridiculous reason. And I really wish I had a mission control at that time to deal with that because I was on the phone screaming at them for uh, much of that afternoon. And it was very frustrating and very expensive. Don't let it happen to you. Uh, Upside.com monitors your trip around the clock. They proactively keep you posted on everything from, is it going to rain? Are there alternative uh, return flights home in case you want to squeeze in one more meeting before you leave town? Or in my case, one more uh, slate of drinks at the bar, you know, one more flight of whiskeys or something. Have you ever experienced that level of service on a business trip? No way. Not until you've used Upside. It's really good. Once you've experienced a committed team looking after every detail of your trip, you can never go back. It is 2018 let technology work for you. Let this new economy work for you. 
There's no reason to spend more money and waste more of your time when there's a team that will take care of it for you. For easy booking, competitive prices, and a team that always has your back, go to upside.com slash covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. You need a little covfefe in your business trip. Upside.com slash covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, to book your next business trip. By the way, don't say I never did nothing for you. Sign up today for your free account and get a free pair of Bose headphones on your first business trip. That's pretty, those things are very nice. Those, I, I use like cardboard headphones. I use whatever the freebies are that they give you in like extra coach in like sub coach class on the airplanes. They'll get the Bose headphones. They're very nice. Upside.com slash Covfefe. C-O-V-F-E-F-E. $600 minimum purchase required within 90 days. See site for complete details. The lawyers make you say that thing at the end. It's a really, really good deal. Do it. Okay. The NRA is under fire. And these kids, you know the kids from Florida who are being prostituted by CNN? They are pushing this very, very hard. And it isn't working, by the way. But it's working for somebody. It's working for the NRA. My entire Twitter feed for the past several days has been people posting pictures that they're signing up for the NRA. I'm already a life member of the NRA. If I were, I'd be, a, I'd be a double life member. If I were a cat, I'd get eight more life memberships. I hope the NRA is giving CNN a cut here because they're clearly cleaning up. And the, the CNN keeps pushing these kids. They keep prostituting these kids. I think their 15 minutes is running out. I kind of feel bad for them. When I, they're, they're 17 years old. When I was 17, like David Hogg, I thought and said a lot of very stupid things. Unlike David Hogg, uh, the adults in my life didn't prostitute me on CNN and uh, really probably screw up my professional future and some of my personal life there, but for the grace of God, go I. I really do kind of feel for these kids, even though they're very annoying and they don't know anything and they keep calling people murderers and they're really saying terrible things on television. I do feel for them. They're idiot kids. They know they're teenagers. Teenagers say stupid things all the time. That's the definition of a teenager. Now that the main kid that you see, the telegenic one, David Hogg, he's, he's now moving on to push education or something, I think because he knows his 15 minutes are up. He just sent out a tweet. He said, here's a radical idea. How about we don't spend money on arming teachers? We spend it instead educating students in STEM so people can do more cool stuff and we'll be able to create jobs in renewable, clean, and independent American energy like wind and solar. I, I don't know how, I don't know what he's going to throw in next. Maybe I'll start talking about abortion or something. Yesterday, his mission was to make schools safe. Now it's to increase science funding, which by the way, isn't an either or. He can, you know, uh, he's just moving on. It's the slate of Democrat talking points because he wants to squeeze out another minute on television. He clearly likes the camera. He wants to be on camera. Who can blame him? You know, he's like, he wants to be on camera. That's true for a lot of people. Uh, but this is really backfiring. He's now blaming the NRA. A lot of these other kids are blaming the NRA, Republican politicians who defend civil liberties for the shooting. They're implying that they're murderers. This is overreaching and it's really wearing thin. I don't want to criticize these teenagers. They're just idiot teenagers. That's I don't care. I, I do criticize CNN for prostituting them and the adults in their lives for prostituting them. It's really wearing thin, guys. So I don't know. I guess keep it up. I guess keep it up. It'll only help conservatives. We, uh, we're told now as by these kids and by CNN and by all, everyone else that we don't need guns ourselves because law enforcement will protect us. But of course, in this case, law enforcement failed at every level here. It failed all the way as high as the FBI, which received tips, didn't follow up. And it certainly failed at the sheriff's level where deputies waited while this crazy shooter was blowing people to bits. And he was waiting outside with a gun because he was too cowardly to go in. Here is the sheriff, Sheriff Scott Israel, avoiding all blame whatsoever. 
Jake, I could only take responsibility for what I knew about. I exercise my, my due diligence. I've given amazing leadership to this agency. Amazing leadership? Uh, I've worked... Amazing leadership. I also love, he says, I can only take responsibility for what I knew about. You should have known about more. There were how many complaints? How many dozens of complaints about these kids? He said, well, I didn't know. Right, you didn't know because you're a terrible sheriff. You didn't know because you're awful at running your sheriff's office. That's the, that's, I can, if I didn't know, I can't take responsibility. You can take responsibility for negligence, at least negligence, maybe more. And I got to tell you, if you haven't seen that whole Jake Tapper interview, it's worth watching. I'm very mean to Jake Tapper because Jake Tapper has become a mean girl who carries water for Democrats. He did that awful town hall the other night and he allowed those teenagers to call Marco Rubio a mass murderer. That was really awful. But this Tapper was great. This was the good old Tapper. I don't know where that guy's been, but when, when Jake Tapper wants to be, he can be a journalist, and I wish he would do this more often. The interview was very good. This brings us to the really bizarre point. Lefties are comparing gun control, gun control, to the civil rights movement. They are opposing the NRA, an organization whose sole purpose is to defend civil rights. They're calling that the civil rights movement. Here's Oprah. It's a proud moment. It's an evolving moment for our country. The same thing happened, as you know, back in the 50s and 60s for the civil rights movement. Young people said, we will not tolerate what our ancestors have tolerated. We have had enough and we're willing to fight for it and willing to do march in the streets for it and if necessary, die for it. The activist Ruby Hall agrees. Ruby Hall said, when I think about our babies today and them not being safe in school, I think that should be the next civil rights movement, you know, is to ban the assault weapons so that our babies can be safe. Anigo Montoya, your reaction. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. That's a great point, Anigo. That is a great point. They keep using the, the phrase civil rights but what they really mean is they want to deprive us of our civil rights. They're saying we support civil rights and, and we support civil rights so much that we're going to take away one of your most basic civil rights. We should clear this up. This is a civil rights issue, but Oprah is on the wrong side of the civil rights issue. If this were the 1960s, she would be on the side of George Wallace. She would be on the side, if this were the 1860s, she'd be on the side of the Democrats then too, <laughs> the ones wearing the hoods. This is a civil rights issue. The right to keep and bear arms is a civil right. It's a, it is a constitutionally protected civil right. And it's a civil right that at, at, throughout history has been denied black people uh, so that uh, whites could oppress them. This has happened for centuries. The NRA exists to protect that civil right against all sorts of tyranny and especially to protect minorities who for centuries have regularly seen their civil rights trampled on. The NRA, here, here's just a brief history of the NRA, a brief history of the racist gun control laws in this country and why anybody who's concerned with civil rights, anybody who's concerned with racial equality should vehemently oppose gun control. The NRA was founded in 1871. It is the oldest continuously operating civil rights organization and the largest and best funded lobbying organization in the United States. Now it's well funded. Why is it well funded? Because people like our civil rights. We like our civil rights. There's this insane suggestion now on the left because they realize Americans like our guns and we like our freedom. So they say, well, the NRA, they don't really represent gun owners. They don't really represent civil rights advocates. They just represent the gun makers as though that's, as though there's a difference. Like I, I, I have news for you. The, the gun makers and the gun owners have a few things in common. We like guns, we like freedom, and we don't like gun control. 
that we're on the same side of this thing. It isn't those, those darn gun makers, they keep making guns that I like and buy. I, those, those monsters, I hate their lobby. We're on the same side. It's the same lobby. We, we have the same uh, agenda here, which is to protect civil rights. By the way, even if we're talking about the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s, gun control has been the single most important tool of white supremacists for centuries. The first gun control law in American history was passed not in the 20th century, not in the 19th century, but in the 17th century, in Virginia, in 1640. That gun control law specifically prohibited blacks from owning guns. That was it. And not just slaves. You might say, well, slaves couldn't own guns because they didn't have a lot of other rights. It also prevented freed men, men who were not slaves, from owning guns as well. Because the whites in Virginia in 1640 did not want to tolerate blacks having guns. What would happen if they had guns? Who knows? After Nat Turner's slave rebellion in Virginia in 1931, that state prohibited even free blacks to keep or carry any firelock of any kind, any military weapon, or any powder or lead. Now, even before that was passed into law, after, before the Nat Turner Rebellion in 1831, even before that, a free black family was found uh, possessing a lead shot, which it was using as scale weights. This family didn't have any gunpowder. It didn't have any weapons whatsoever. Nevertheless, Virginian mobs uh, descended on this family and they debated executing the owner of just the, the lead, just being used for uh, scale weights. In 1834, the Tennessee legislature amended its state constitution. The state constitution previously had said the free men of this state have a right to keep and to bear arms for their common defense. They then changed that uh, provision of the state constitution to say the free white men of this state have a right to keep and bear arms for their common defense. Just a, eh, just a subtle linguistic shift, but it uh, deprived a huge uh, percentage of the population from keeping arms. Now we get to the Dred Scott decision. The Dred Scott decision occurred in 1857. Dred Scott determined that any black person whose ancestors were slaves could not be an American citizen. This was one of the regularly cited as the worst if, and certainly one of the worst decisions in American history. That decision hinged on the question of gun ownership. So it obviously it, was, it predated the Civil War only by three years. But the Chief Justice in the Dred Scott decision wrote, it would give them the full liberty to keep and carry arms wherever they went. This was a major aspect of Dred Scott. If, if, it, if they were just promising uh, citizenship rights to black Americans without, uh, without that provision to actually protect them, maybe the Dred Scott decision would have gone a different way. But it isn't just words, 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 which can be uh, trampled over by a powerful and armed government. It, that citizenship in the United States also gives you the right to protect yourself in many, in many cases uniquely or in a uniquely American way. After the Confederate surrender uh, in 1865, after the Civil War was over, defeated Southerners very quickly rounded up all the guns from freed blacks. Frederick Douglass, a good Republican, implored the federal government to stop the state and local governments from infringing on the right of the people to keep and bear arms. State and local governments would just round all of these up. And this is an important distinction which we're going to talk about tomorrow when we analyze the Second Amendment. Who has the right to keep and bear arms? Is it the state? Is it the federal government? Is it the people? The, the amendment is clear and that distinction really matters. Frederick Douglass actually insisted though that until blacks were able to keep guns, the work of the abolitionists was not finished. Consider that. Now we're being told by a uh, the lightly educated people and people with a nefarious political agenda, an anti-civil rights political agenda on television, that 
uh, it, it's a racial equality issue to take away all of their guns. Frederick Douglass, who was not lightly educated, Frederick Douglass, who was a genius, uh, knew much better. He knew it was exactly the opposite. In the Texas Supreme Court case, Cochran versus State, 1959, the court recognized the right to carry defensive arms, both in the Second Amendment and in the Texas Bill of Rights, an individual right to keep your guns. They recognized this in, I'm sorry, 1859. Uh, yet, uh, just a handful of years later, in 1872, the Texas Supreme Court denied that there was any right to carry any weapon for self-defense in either constitution, in either the federal constitution or in the state constitution. And do you know how they defended that decision? They didn't. They offered absolutely no explanation whatsoever. I wonder what changed between 1859 and 1872. 1859, one year before the Civil War, and 1872, Two, seven years after the Civil War. What, 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 what changed about the ability to keep and bear arms? So the NRA, how was it founded? It was founded in 1871 by Union soldiers, not by those nefarious racists, by the people who fought a bloody, bloody war to free the slaves. I was first chartered in New York in 1871. The first president of the NRA was the Union general, Ambrose Burnside, fresh off of freeing all the slaves and reuniting the Union. Uh, the uh, NRA's eighth president was U.S. Grant, Ulysses S. Grant, uh, president of both the United States and the NRA, and a great defender of civil rights and defeater of Southern secessionist slavers. Uh, the NRA was founded uh, actually not initially just to lobby Congress or lobby for good gun laws because gun control was a regional issue that clearly at this time was used mostly to oppress blacks. It was actually founded because the Union troops were terrible shots. So the Union troops were firing something like a thousand rifle rounds for each Confederate they hit. They weren't very good at shooting. So uh, it was founded to give people like the Union troops who defended ordered liberty and defended human dignity better training. Now, th there is this uh, a crazy aspect since the shooting in Florida. People are saying what we need to do is have mandatory training. So they, they want all these things. They want to ban certain guns. They want to raise the age. They basically just want fewer people to have guns. Then they say we need mandatory gun training. This doesn't make any sense at all. What, what you're saying is that the way to prevent a mass shooting like we saw in Florida is to train the people to be better shots. They want to train mass shooters to be better at shooting guns. It doesn't make any sense. And first of all, the NRA already offers training and it has for 150 years. Why, how would mandatory training be the solution to mass shooters. Mandatory training for a lot of other people, giving guns to more people, allowing guns to be easier to be had, and having the good guys trained to use guns, that would be good. But really, we should bar all the bad guys from, from training in general. It's a total deflection, though. It's just one of these empty points. It's they throw spaghetti at the wall because they don't like guns. They don't want you to have guns. And they're going to use any argument, no matter how tenuous it is, to try to take guns away from you. Do you remember Democrats who uh, rode around in white sheets lynching the blacks, they were only able to do that because white Democrats had already taken the guns away from blacks. The special report of the Paris Anti-Slavery Conference of 1867 uh, found as much. They concluded that freedmen in the South, quote, were forbidden to own or bear firearms and thus were rendered defenseless against assault. Uh, speaking of very important Supreme Court decisions, uh, Albion Tourget, the civil rights attorney who represented Plessy in Plessy v. Ferguson in 1896. Plessy v. Ferguson, you'll remember, upheld segregation as separate but equal. Uh, that attorney, Tourget, pointed out that where the KKK took control, quote, 
Almost universally, the first thing done was to disarm the Negroes and leave them defenseless. We see this, by the way, in totalitarian regimes around the world. It's, uh, it's almost cliche to refer to Hitler in this regard, but it's true of totalitarian regimes everywhere. They take away the guns. That's the first thing they do because the Second Amendment exists to protect the First Amendment. The Second Amendment exists to protect all of the other rights because ultimately, if, if people are going to trample on your rights, you've got to defend them and you've got to defend yourself. Fortunately, uh, despite the Democrats and the KKK running roughshod over the civil rights, particularly of black people, Republicans came to the defense of civil rights. They passed the Freedmen's Bureau Bill of 1865 uh, to protect the rights of freed blacks. They uh, passed the Civil Rights Act of 1866 and the Civil Rights Act of 1870, which guaranteed everybody the right of self-defense. Then that brings us to the Anti-Klan Act of 1871. But you're telling me I got to go, I got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. Is that what I have to, that's awful. I already said goodbye to YouTube. I've already said my goodbyes to YouTube a long time ago, but we have to say goodbye to, we have to say goodbye to Facebook. And if you, if somehow you made it and are seeing us on YouTube, please st stick around st please try to figure out a way to let everybody else in and, and shut down the censors at YouTube who are not allowing anybody to watch this show. This, this awful show, this bigoted show that talks about civil rights and the history of legislation of the United States. How awful, of course they have to censor it. If you're on Facebook, you got to go to dailywire.com right now. We have so much more to talk about the Klan and uh, more uh, Democrat atrocities that have happened in history. But if you want to do that, you got to go to dailywire.com. It's $10 a month or $100 for an annual membership. You get me, you get the Andrew Clavin show, you get the Ben Shapiro show, you get the conversation. Next time is going to have the big boss, Ben Shapiro. You can ask him whatever questions you want. If you're a member, everybody can watch. Few can ask questions. Many are called. Few are chosen. You get to ask all of us questions in the mailbag, and we're going to be doing that on Thursday, so get your questions in. But again, none of that matters. Nobody's here for that. What you're all here for is this, because every time Democrats prostitute some child on television, and every time they recite the same tired, incoherent, anti-American, anti-constitutional lines to take away our guns, an another person joins the NRA. Another person joins the NRA and I get another delicious eight ounces of salty leftist tears. And they are so good. I was, I was gorging myself this weekend. I was truly a glutton. I probably should go to confession for it. Thankfully, I have a lot of these leftist tears tumblers, the only FDA approved vessel to store salty and delicious leftist tears. Go to dailywire.com to get it. We'll be right back. Where were we? We were on the Anti-Klan Act. That's a good place to come in. <laughs> Thank you again, Republicans. The original draft of the Anti-Klan Act of 1871, which Republican President and NRA President U.S. Grant shepherded through Congress, made it a federal felony to deprive any citizen of the United States of any arms he possessed for the defense of his person, his family, or his property. Not any white person like the Democrats wanted, any person that was shepherded by NRA President uh, uh, Ulysses S. Grant and, uh, and Republican president. Uh, Kansas Senator Samuel Pomeroy described three indispensable, quote, safeguards of liberty under our form of government. That's the sanctity of the home, the right to vote, and the right to bear arms. There was this guy on Twitter, Stephen Metz, who referred to me and all of my fellow defenders of the Second Amendment as gun fetishists. Do, do we also have vote fetishists? 
those people who think we should keep the right to vote, or those vote fetishists, or they're free speech fetishists also. What he really means is civil rights advocates, but he's, he's trying to turn it and make it seem like all we want to do is, uh, we, we just like the technical aspects of guns. Technical aspects of guns are great. Freedom is better, and they are there to protect our freedom. Uh, racist Democrats now kept getting around gun control laws, which technically had to be race neutral. After the Civil War, the guy, after the 14th Amendment, these gun laws had to be race neutral. So those Democrats got craftier. They would uh, frequently ban inexpensive guns while allowing guns that whites already owned. So these poor blacks who had recently been freed uh, uh, just couldn't afford the guns. And it was practically impossible for them. And Ohio Supreme Court justice acknowledged that these laws were intended to, to, quote, entirely disarm the Negro. And it wasn't just blacks who were targets and victims of Democrats' gun control policies, and it didn't just happen in the South. In 18, uh, pardon, in 1920, the Ohio Supreme Court upheld the conviction of a Mexican man for concealed carry of a handgun. Now, that's fine, I suppose, if, if you want to convict him for that. The trouble was that the Mexican man was asleep in his bed during the time of the alleged infraction. So he just wanted to arrest this guy for having a gun. Basically, anybody in Ohio could have been arrested for this uh, because, I guess, he was concealed carrying it in his dreams or something. Uh, Jim Crow laws became the foundation of modern gun control in America. We we, uh, free, we now think there, there are books that the left writes are the new Jim Crow and they decry all of these good things for freedom and uh, they don't talk about how Jim Crow is the foundation of gun control. It started in the South, but it spread north in the early 20th century. In, in New York, it was aimed at Italians and Jews. And I will say as someone of Italian heritage in America, fair enough. That's fair. That's fair. I get the Italians, they did use guns a little loose in New York. So, okay, fair enough. Uh, they also aimed these laws at labor agitators in California and at blacks who defended themselves in race riots in Missouri and Michigan. As Ann Coulter described it in 2012, the NRA was the sole organization to come to the defense of Roger F. Williams. Uh, Roger F. Williams was a World War II Marine veteran who returned to his hometown of Monroe, North Carolina to find the Klan, uh, they found the Ku Klux Klan riding high. So the NRA granted him a charter to start a chapter. Uh, when he got back there, the Klan was truly terrorizing blacks in Monroe. He asks the NRA to start a chapter, the NRA grants it, he founded the Black Armed Guard. And guess what happened? The Klan cut it out. The Klan lost its stranglehold on the town. It's so weird. When you give victims guns, all of a sudden the victimizers uh, get a little bit more careful before they start running, you know, in their stupid uh, capes and, uh, and sheets. Uh, John Salter, a professor and the chief organizer of the NAACP's Jackson Movement during the early 1960s, wrote, quote, no one knows what kind of massive racist retaliation would have been directed against grassroots black people had the black community not had a healthy measure of firearms within it. No one knows. That's not some wicked white conservative man in 2018. That's a major civil rights leader. On the eve of the NAACP's 1959 National Convention, the group resolved, quote, we do not deny but reaffirm the right of individual and collective self-defense against unlawful assaults. No less a peace activist than Martin Luther King Jr. agreed to that. He, he actually went so far as to support violence exercised in self-defense, which he called moral and legal in all so societies. And he pointed out that it was not even opposed by Gandhi. So this is an example of the left perverting history and values beyond recognition. They always said, but, but how Martin Luther King couldn't possibly have advocated self-defense. He, he'd like, just like peace. 
right? They forget that he, he clearly did in 1959. He, uh, they point out that Jesus said, turn the other cheek. They seem to forget all of the other aspects of scripture where uh, our Lord told his apostles to sell their cloaks and buy swords. They forget that he whipped money changers in the temple. That wasn't just metaphorical. He took out whips, <laughs> the logos made flesh. He whipped them in the, in the temple. Uh, they, they, they forget these uh, defenses of self-defense. Now, for centuries, for centuries, Democrats have uh, run roughshod over, uh, over uh, civil liberties and particularly over uh, the, the civil right to gun ownership without giving any reasons why. It, o- it always comes down to emotional pleas with them. That's what it's always about emotion. Uh, they, they think, think of what the blacks would do if they had guns. Say, well, but the Constitution says they have to have guns. No, but think of what they would do. Think of the white women. Think of the children. It's all the same fact-free demagoguery. They don't actually point to the realities of gun ownership. They don't point to the legalities of gun ownership. They say, oh, but think of this. Think, what are you, a monster? What, you don't like white women? What, you don't like the little children that we're pimping out on CNN? We're going to cover tomorrow the nuts and bolts of the Second Amendment itself. Uh, we have an excellent guest on to discuss it. Should I? No, I, w- I, won't, I won't spoil the surprise, but a really uh, nationwide leader uh, to discuss this. Uh, we will explain the history of the amendment. We will explain the history of the right that it protects to keep and bear arms, why the Second Amendment is not about shooting deer with AR-15s. Actually, you shouldn't shoot deer with AR-15s anyway. <laughs> it's not very humane. It's not powerful enough to hunt deer. Uh, and we'll explain why it's an individual right. I want to leave you with this. The left has no argument here. There is no argument. The Democrats have no argument. It is the same fact-free emotional plea and demagoguery that they have been using for centuries. They vilified blacks for exercising their rights. They vilified Italians and Jews for doing it. They vilified Mexicans for doing it. All the while, they were defended. Those people were defended. The victims were defended by civil rights supporters like members of the NRA, now the much maligned NRA again by Democrats. Now they're vilifying civil rights defenders themselves. Imagine what they could do if these Democrats did succeed at disarming you. We actually know what they could do because they did it to all of those groups that I just mentioned for centuries. And it wasn't pretty. Uh, to, To use a further historical example, a further back historical example, the Persian king Xerxes demanded that the Spartans surrender their, their weapons. And King Leonidas responded, Molon lave, come and take them. The violent, bloody history of gun control should teach us to defend our constitutionally protected civil right to self-defense with precisely the same seriousness and urgency. Come and take them. Come and take them. I'm going to come and take those delicious leftist tears and put them in my tumbler because the news cycles have just gotten uh, more and more outrageous and they are lo- they're not going to get it. They are not going to get it on this. It's such a childish discussion. That's why they use children to do it. Okay, we will analyze the, the Second Amendment itself tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Come back tomorrow. We'll do it all again. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire forward publishing production. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Alex Zingaro. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Copyright Forward Publishing 2018. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace. Yours. Visit a live archaeological dig site on the very grounds where America began, or walk the fields where our country was won. Live like a colonial by day or track 18th century ghosts by night. 
for all the history to be found here. There's plenty more to make for yourself. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace.